0: Listening to petliferadio.com.
1: Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Uh, my guest today is author and program manager for the SPCA International Group, Terry Crisp. And uh, Terry will be here discussing her recently released book, Nobody Left Behind. U.S. troops, dogs, and cats safely home from the combat zone. So it's a great book, and I'm very excited about talking to Terry more about it, talking about her overall program of bringing home the, our wonderful uh, furry friends and helping the troops out. So it's going to be an exciting show. Everybody stay tuned. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Terry Crisp right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
2: Sit, stay, <laughs> We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Buster, you're telling me my dog food products can't go on your
1: shelves. That's right. Didn't pass one of my pet co-certified nutrition checklists. Sorry, Wayne.
2: Who made these checklists? Geniuses. Very smart guys. Well, it's good enough for most grocery stores. Do you see cheese puffs on my shelves, mayonnaise, soda pop? No. That's because I ain't running no grocery store, Wayne. Your pets
1: will get better nutrition, I guarantee it. Petco, where the healthy pets go.
3: Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco dyson the new dyson animal backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust dirt and pet hair from the home or car to order your dyson animal back go to petliferadio.com forward slash dyson petliferadio.com forward slash dyson to order your dyson animal back today dyson music to your ears
0: For the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLiferadio.com.
2: Let's talk pets on PetLiferadio.com. Welcome back
1: to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Joining me now is author Terry Crisp. Terry, thanks for joining the show today.
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: Thanks. Well, I appreciate it. Terry, uh, the book's fantastic. I like, the obviously, the efforts and everything. We're going to go in a little bit more detail about the, the program, uh, Operation Baghdad Pups. But tell us about the book, Nobody Left Behind.
0: Well, it's a wonderful book that talks about some amazing animals and members of our military who did the right thing in the middle of the combat zone and saved the life of either a dog or a cat.
1: And now these were uh, dogs and cats that were strays in the area, or were they abandoned by uh, due to uh, the, the action over there? How did they come about being introduced to uh, the dogs and cats in such a uh, an extreme circumstance?
0: All the dogs and cats were strays, and they wandered into the lives of these men and women when they oftentimes least expected it and probably needed that companionship of an animal more than anything, not one of the men or women that we have helped through our Operation Baghdad Pups program ever went over to Iraq with the intention of bringing a dog or cat back. But things happen, and as a result, some amazing bonds were formed, and these men and women now have that special buddy of theirs living with them here in the United States.
1: That's fantastic, fantastic work. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, you manage the uh, SPCA International Group and and, uh, manage the Operation Baghdad Pups. Tell the listeners a little bit more about uh, Operation Baghdad Pups and how did that actually get started and what are some of the things that you do with the
0: program? Well, Operation Baghdad Pups is a program of SPCA International that began when we received an email from a soldier by the name of Sergeant Watson who had been desperately trying to get his dog, Charlie, out of Iraq. And after several months of trying everything he could think of, he'd not gotten very far. Whenever he'd send an email out, he would always end it with, if you can't help me but know somebody who could, please forward my information along. So through a long chain of forwardings, SPCA International received his compelling request and we as a staff just knew that we had to at least attempt to try and help him. Realistically, it seemed like a pretty difficult challenge to meet, but um, we just couldn't walk away from it. And as a result of it, four months later, we were successful in getting Charlie to the U.S.
1: Fantastic story. And since that time, how many uh, dogs and cats do you uh, have You helped uh, bring over and become reunited?
0: Um, at the end of... November, we have brought back a total of 291 dogs, 79 cats, and one donkey.
1: <laughs> Fantastic, because we take care of all of our furry friends. Oh, we my- do, we do. So we got to ask you about that. How did that soldier get uh, become best buddies with a donkey?
0: Well, The Story of Smoke is another book in the making, I think. It was actually a Marine colonel who befriended Smoke. He showed up at a base near Fallujah one day, and and no one could ever figure out how he actually got onto the base, considering it was supposed to be completely secure. But he worked his way into the hearts of the men that were serving there, and he became their mascot. And after the colonel left, he followed up several months later to see how smoke was doing, and much to his alarm, smoke had been given away. And uh, I think it was the determination of the colonel and myself which finally resulted in getting smoke out of Iraq and I mean it was just an amazing adventure. It took us almost three months to even locate smoke. And once we did, um, the farmer who had him wanted thirty thousand dollars to give him back.
2: <laughs> of course.
0: And, you know, you can buy a donkey in Iraq for about fifty dollars. So, um we actually got him down to about two thousand which included transport, which is a pretty good deal and we kept him in northern Iraq to meet some quarantine requirements and then um We started our journey through Turkey and hit one obstacle after, and there were many moments when it just looked like it was never going to happen, but um, the U.S. ambassador to Turkey, the U.S. embassy in Turkey, some members of our military, and some other pretty important people got involved, and as a result of that, 37 days after we left Iraq initially, we finally landed together in New York City. And he's now working as a pet therapy donkey with a program for veterans returning from Iraq and Afghanistan dealing with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's all taking place in Omaha, Nebraska.
1: Fantastic. So from Fallujah to Omaha, Nebraska, what a culture shock. I know, for but yeah,
0: that's quite a difference in lifestyle. He just actually experienced his first snow not too long ago, and um, all reports are he was pretty impressed. He he enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> Great work. I mean, that's just fantastic. You couldn't write a better story than that, and of course you've written it. Oh, I know,
0: I know. Well. I mean, I could sit here and talk to you for the next three hours about smoke and our adventures through Turkey. So that's why I think after having written Nobody Left Behind I, I need to do a book about
1: smoke now Absolutely and you can come back on the show and we'll talk about that particular mm-hmm. book
0: Yeah, I'll catch up with you later
1: <laughs> Absolutely, now the, uh, the book has uh, obviously wonderful background and stories in there, uh, Nobody Left Behind uh, Tell us about how did you come about writing the book, was there an idea of that happening to begin with and you sort of took the notes and everything for that or did it? you just had a great story to tell and you just decided to, to uh, put it in book form
0: Well, there are just so many great stories, and the book, as of when we wrapped it up, it only went through June of 2008, and we are continuing, in fact, we're going back over to Iraq in two weeks. So between 2008 and now, there are just hundreds of great stories to share. So I imagine that there will be another book, too, sort of a continuation of this one. But I've written two other books. And so writing is something I enjoy doing. And as I continued to be a participant in in all these amazing stories that unfolded, um, I just knew that they were stories that had to be shared.
1: Yeah, and you do an excellent job in sharing the stories and giving the whole background and of course the, the just the idea of these beautiful animals being in a place that no one would expect them to is uh you know extreme enough it's it's hard to fathom for someone who's sitting uh, here in the states let alone befriending and supporting the troops and then uh, coming back here and and find their homes in Omaha, Nebraska.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's one thing that I just want to clarify is that those soldiers Or Marines or sailors who contact us and there have been U.S. contractors who are working over there they all want to keep that dog or cat so we just facilitate the transport to get them to the U.S. and then they're reunited either with that individual because they've already gotten home to the U.S. or they go to stay with family members or friends until that individual gets home so it's not that we're just rounding up strays on the streets of Iraq and Bringing them over to the U.S. in hopes of finding them homes, we certainly here in the states have plenty equally deserving animals that would love to have a forever home. But these guys definitely are the exception, and you know we've all been honored to be a part of this program, and it's been an honor to give our our military that that peace of mind and knowing that that wartime buddy of theirs will not have to be left behind and suffer.
1: Absolutely. Great work. Yeah.
0: And and I think, you know, that's one thing that we're looking at now, because I think a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, the combat troops have pulled out of Iraq, so why does a program like this need to continue? The ones that we're going over to pick up here in two weeks, it's a mother and six puppies who, she delivered her puppies on the day that she was supposed to fly out of Iraq in November. We knew she was pregnant, but we thought we had a few more weeks to go. So we had her in our first group that was leaving in November, and that morning she went into labor and had the six puppies. So that obviously now has delayed her departure. And we're also bringing back in this next set of missions three retired explosives dogs that have been trained to look for explosives. They worked a lot at checkpoints in various parts of Iraq. Um, They belong to the security company that we use that helps us transport animals to get them to the staging area before they leave Iraq. And in total, after we've brought back these three dogs, we will have brought back fifteen of the working dogs and have adopted all of them. And I think to have them be able to live out their retirement here in the States, living the kind of life they deserve, is what we have all wanted to see happen. And the reports that I have been getting have just been wonderful and These are probably now some of the most spoiled dogs. (laughs) Now call themselves Americans. And I actually have one of them myself. Louis was an explosive dog. He worked in Afghanistan and Iraq. He's a yellow lab, and he unfortunately developed epilepsy, which is pretty common in labs. So that prevented him from working anymore. And he'd been sitting in a dog run in Iraq for two years. And I met him, and he caught my attention, and... I was able to successfully bring him back, and thankfully, living in a home and and a less stressful job, which his job now is just to hang around and be cute, but better medication, he has done very well. The seizures have almost completely stopped. So, um, you know, he's just a reminder that I see every day that, you know, these dogs did an amazing surface, and... We need to do the right things you know, by them when their, their
1: work is done. Absolutely. And that's a great reminder of uh, the great work that you and your team does. So that's fantastic. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more with Terry Crisp about her book, uh, Nobody Left Behind. Right after these messages from our sponsors, you're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
2: Sit. Stay. Sit. We'll be right back after a short pause. PetSmart. Be better together.
3: Go to petliferadio.com slash and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, pet smart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to petliferadio.com slash pet today. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first.
1: You'll find reviews on home repair to health care, written by people
3: just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call, and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash rights and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash rights, W-R-I-T-E-S. to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order. And free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com.
2: When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster, your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option Can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take me home every week on demand. Only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. 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 (laughs) PetLiferadio.com. Welcome back.
1: Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio, talking to author Terry Crisp about her latest book, Nobody Left Behind. Now, Terry, we talked about in the the first segment about uh, this is your third book that you have, and obviously many more to come, I'm I'm sure. But tell us a little bit about the writing process for this book. Was there some things that that are different or at the end of the book you you learned from this process of writing this particular book?
0: The really incredible thing about writing this book is I actually spent six months living in Iraq. My lifestyle is pretty busy and crazy when I'm at home, and I thought, what better place to go where there's minimal interruption? So (laughs) I actually spent six months in Erbil, and it was over the summer, where I can now speak from experience in that I know what a 140-degree day feels like. And that's how hot it got a number of times while I was there. It was also just amazing to immerse myself into the culture there, get to know the local people, just have a different perspective when I actually set out then to write the book. You know, us as Americans, we depend upon pretty much the news media to tell us the stories of what's going on in Iraq. And, uh, you know, I was just, very fortunate, I felt, to be able to see a lot of things firsthand. And I met some amazing people and um, was able at the same time. And one of the the really cool things is Louie, the retired explosives dog, he and I were there over the summer together. And I was able to use him as a humane education dog with some of the local schools. And we were able to work with fourth, fifth, and sixth graders and the majority of those children had never in their life ever touched a dog. Wow. And you know, a lot of that has to do with the culture and just this great fear. You know, they look at a dog as many of us would a snake. You know. It's not something you want to go pick up or be anywhere near or or certainly own. And and that's how they feel about dogs. And after giving these children a safe way in which to become acquainted with a dog and a dog that was clean, well-mannered, very friendly. You know, these children just found it to be an amazing experience. And we did it away from the school and and when all the kids returned, both that day and for over a week afterwards, that's all they wanted to talk about was Louie the dog. And, you know, I would just love to be able to do more of that because I think the people are ready. And, you know, I think that people are beginning to realize over there that dogs can be your best friend. Mm -hmm. And certainly with all the struggles that individuals go through during a war, you can use all the friends you can get.
1: Absolutely. So introducing a whole new uh, culture, a whole new different way of doing it. And I think how you went about doing it, you know, really being there and getting involved and and seeing what the soldiers go through and feeling what they're going through is uh, definitely lends credence to the book, and and you can see it in your writing in the book.
0: Well, and as I was going to say earlier, um, we are going back to Iraq in two weeks, and we're anticipating continuing to go back, maybe not as often as we have in the past. Our normal schedule had been that we run missions January through May— We can't work over the summer because of the extreme heat. The airlines don't allow animals to be transported. And then we do October and November. So we may not do it that often. But the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad alone has 16,000 Americans working at it. And the consulate in Basra has 13,000. And there's a new consulate opening up in northern Iraq and Kurdistan. I don't know how many people will be there. But then there's all the contractors spread out all throughout the country. And these are many of them, individuals who actually served over there in the military and then have gone back in a different kind of role. So, you know, we're expecting that we will get the request because Americans love animals. And one thing that those individuals who are now over in Iraq serving are are facing is a lot more isolation. There's not the conflict, the mobility that they may have had more of in the past, so you know, there's going to be some long days, you know, long, lonely days, and to have a dog or cat, you know, to keep you company, will probably, you know, get a lot of these men and women through those long stretches, Um, but they'll be over there, one individual who we brought a dog back for is going back over now as a contractor. He's leaving here just within a few days, and... He said, I don't think it's going to take me long to find another dog or cat once I get back there. (laughs) Because I know that for the next six months, I'll go crazy if I don't have that kind of friend around. So I think we're going to continue to uh, travel to the Middle East. Um, We actually have nine requests right now for dogs in Kuwait. um, Because a lot of the troops that have just been pulled out of Iraq are now sitting in Kuwait. And there are stray dogs in that country, too. So... So it'll be interesting to see where the journey continues. But SPCA International really wants to be in a position to be there to respond and to help and to bring more of these incredible dogs and cats here to the U.S. and um, to give their human friend um, that peace of mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and great work. For our listeners, uh, tell us uh, how people can get involved in either Operation Baghdad Pups or the work that you guys do at SPCA International.
0: Yeah, they can go to our website, which is spcai.org, and on our homepage there is information about Operation Baghdad Pups. And um, we, like I said, are going to be bringing back three retired explosives dogs, and all of them are going to be looking for a, a permanent home and if anyone is interested, there is an application on our website. And, uh, you know, we are going to be looking for pretty specific homes. They need lots of room, fenced in yard, because after living their lives up to now in the dog run, they need that kind of freedom. And somebody's home with them most of the time, because these dogs have spent a lot of time by themselves. And uh, they, they need to kind of make up for lost time. Absolutely. So go to uh,
1: spcai.org and find out more about that and participate. And if you uh, have all the criteria, definitely bring one of these uh, furry babies back home and take care of it. They uh, well-deserved to be able to be taken care of for all the great work they've done.
0: You know, the other thing that just really concerns us is there were a lot of dogs and cats in Iraq that U.S. soldiers were feeding. Um, you know, they provided them with a fairly safe area to live, you know, a blanket underneath the building that they could curl up on at night. And now that, you know, over 250 bases and forward operating bases have closed down and been turned over to the Iraqis, these dogs and cats were left behind. So if I had been living a life where for the first time someone had been kind to me, that I had a guarantee that I would have something to eat every day and that has already all, all of a sudden stopped. What a shock. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's really sad to, to think that there are dogs and cats in Iraq right now that while the U.S. troops were there, knew the only kindness they had ever known in their entire life, and now that's gone away. So I suspect that some of those dogs and cats are going to find a way to walk into somebody else's life who also has a kind heart, and um, hopefully some of those dogs and cats will be able to get here to the U.S.,
1: Well, they have a way of definitely getting into our hearts, and they're uh, very smart, so they know how to to work their way in there, so it's a good thing. So we'll keep positive thoughts about that. So we're uh, coming to the end of the show, Terry. I appreciate you being on the show today. Uh, Everybody, once again, check out SPCAI.org about the program and also pick up a copy of the book, Nobody Left Behind. Bringing U.S. troops, dogs, and cats safely home from the combat zone, written by Terry Crisp. Terry, great job on the book and uh, keep us posted on your future activities. Good luck with everything. And uh, we'll uh, be looking for the, uh, the next book to come out.
0: Thank you. And um, I really, it's been an honor to write the book and be a part of this whole effort. And, and I really hope to see it continue.
1: Absolutely. Well, congratulations on everything. And thanks for uh, being on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. My pleasure. Okay, we're coming to the end of the show today, so I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Uh, I'd also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making the show happen. To find out more about me, Tim Link, other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories in my blog, you can go to Pet Life Radio. That's petliferadio.com. Click on the animal rights icon. There you can download and listen to all the other shows that uh, the interviews I've done. Download the blogs. And while you're there, uh, be sure to check out all the other hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio, too. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, or people you'd like to see interviewed on the show, please drop me a line. You can email me at tim at petliferadio.com. That's tim at petliferadio.com. And I'll be glad to answer your questions, uh, entertain your comments and ideas, and try to get the people you want to hear the most on the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio.
2: Let's talk pets. Every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com.